Welcome to the Business Design Podcast, where we don't just talk about business or design or podcasting. To be honest, it's a podcast about folks and how folks think and act and ideate and build businesses and make money and Randy. Yeah, well, today I learned something though. So I'm Randy Baker. I'm Dr. Kent, most days. And today I, I discovered something that I didn't know. And it's only just hit me right now that Debbie Gibson was a teeny boffer star in the 80s, apparently. So in the 80s, I was in my mid-20s traveling through Africa and all around the world. I would not have ever been listening to Debbie Gibson. So, so, that, so that shows how the world has changed since then, because when I was living in Jerusalem and traveling in the Middle East, uh, Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again was blaring from every <laughs> every storefront in, in the Middle East. Uh, yeah, there, for that. There, were no, yeah. there were no radios in deepest, darkest Africa in the mid-80s, so that just wasn't going to happen. But anyway, we talk about Debbie Gibson, and I learned something very new. Um, we talk about um, electric blue, we talk about eyeglasses, and a whole lot of other stuff. The important thing for me in this interview is really getting to the core of what a brand is. What is a brand? What's the brand for a company? What's the brand for an individual? What are you offering the world? What are you um, hucking, right? And who's, who's you? Who are you? How, why do people trust you? Are you authentic? So while you're listening to um, Holly Duckworth, be mindful of all the information that she's providing. So nice to chat with you, Holly. Um, I have to comment right away about a couple of things. One is that gorgeous map behind you. What's the story behind that that beautiful world map? Oh, Ken, thanks for thanks for having me. You know, it, um, we, we've all been setting up the, these home studios, and I, I found this beautiful watercolor. I teach, you know, mindfulness, and I've had the fortunate privilege of, of being a keynote speaker, author, and consultant for audiences around the world. And so that, that watercolor just brings a certain sense of presence to to all of us are are, are connected even in, in this this big interesting in time of life and I thought about taking it down but I get so many many compliments on it that uh, it, it's become a, a really important part of, of of my brand and that that idea of you know our, our mindfulness and our presence with one another is incredibly valuable at this time I love that and and I also noticed you've got the cat I think they're still called cat eye glasses uh, since our, our our listeners can't see you so I, the first time I saw cat eyeglasses, my grandmother had them back in the 50s and 60s. And so I was really pumped when they came back into vogue. Because when I was a kid, I always saw that picture and was I, I loved that. But why do you have cat eyeglasses? Oh, Kent, wow. I have been on a million different interviews, and I have never once had anybody ask me that that question. I love your your sense of presence, <laughs> and, and you'll, you'll laugh. Um, you know, part of being mindful is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm authentic in, in all things. I was... Uh, I, I had a friend that that friend that that gifted me the the opportunity to get new glasses, and we went to this really high end eyeglass boutique. And you know, they measure your face, and I gave them my personal branding and my website, and and all of my speaking and all of my books and everything. And they put all that in the blender, and they said, you know, based on your personality, that the, these and your face shape and everything, these are the the perfect glasses for you. And I uh, I love them so much, but um, I really I, I'm ready for a new pair, and I haven't found a pair that I love as much as 
these because I want my next pair. I want to be my signature color that that electric blue color. <laughs> so uh, there, that's 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 all part of part of the fun of living today, right? We get to live full out. So when did electric blue start? Because I mean, if you think about that, uh, water is blue, sort of. If the sky is reflected in it, which I guess is sort of in some ways electromagnetic right there's some sort of energy in the color blue but i think they just call it electric blue because it's really bright so i'm curious so so what are your associations with electric blue oh my gosh that's so hysterical i never thought of it this way before but i'm, I'm going to just tell you what immediately dropped down this is so funny Blue for me is just a great color. It looks good on me on stage. It does does sort of attract my, you can tell I've sort of got a high level of energy. But ironically, now that you say that, I hadn't thought about it this way before. My first ever concert, you know, we all remember our first concert was, uh, I'm dating myself, Debbie Gibson, Electric Blue. Uh, so maybe there's something, something fun uh, in that too. I just saw Randy's head do something. So <laughs> he's going to have to tell a story behind that one. Yeah, I was... I just did a quick search, and Ice House did a song called Electric Blue, which has got very interesting lyrics. So when you have, well, he listens when you have a chance, go and um, check out Ice House, Electric Blue. And they use the words electric blue like four times in the song. So I had a car that was electric blue once back in the day. So I, I'm going a bit weird here. So Debbie Gibson. I, Debbie Gibson. Long time ago, I think she in the eighties. She was a singer songwriter in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nothing special. No, it's not. It's not doing much for me. Um, <laughs> so she Holly, was. She was a teeny bopper band, guys. I don't think she would. <laughs> so, yeah. here, so here's where I want to go with that. So let's go back to the eighties. Um, oh, I like what, the eighties. So beyond liking the song, beyond liking Debbie Gibson. You were an '80s person, Holly. Like you were, you were into the '80s. You liked the song "Jump" and things like that. Well, no, I mean, I just, I mean, I grew up in. I was born in 1976, so I, you know, I kind of grew up in the the '80s and in the '90s. So life is, you know, certainly has changed and evolved a lot, a lot since then. But it's amazing how those roots really become the foundation of what we do in our businesses and how we how we design them. So I, you know, I always say I was 1976, I was born the year of the constitutional bicentennial, I, I was a bicentennial baby. And I think that 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 key freedom thing is really important. And then of course, you know, the red, white and blue, the, the electric blue thing all kind of um, alchemized into to little pieces of things that that weave their way into the way I run my life and, and the way I run my business, all my all my branding is really on that that idea of, of presence and freedom and then my, my brand color is blue. So you have a lot of natural energy. Uh, your, your color for your brand is electric blue. You've got the cat eyes thing, which is always what they show in the comic books. You know, the cat's eyes glow in the dark, right? There's some, there's some energy here. There's some things happening. Um, what is um, interesting and different about your business? So, you know, we speak to a lot of speaker, coach, trainer, facilitator types. What, what makes you different? So my focus is mindfulness. And my focus was mindfulness before mindfulness was the sexy hot topic on the cover of all the magazines. So 
I can't come out of some of the most stressed out industries in the world. I was a certified meeting professional for 10 years, a certified association executive for 10 years. And I went back to school and got a degree in um, spirituality and mindfulness. So mindfulness as I teach it and as I coach on it is the practice of being fully present in the moment with non-judgment. That's based loosely on the work of John Kabat-Zinn, who was the founder of the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Institute. And so this, this take on, on life doesn't have to be hard, and life can be easy, and we can create it the way that we want it to. In fact, I would say your, your life is twice created, once in your mind and once then out in the world of effects or in form, is really a founding niche to how I run my my business and then how I teach my clients to run their businesses and their lives. Interesting, Holly. So what do you think is the reason for people thinking that life is hard? What's the failure in our past that leads to that expectation? Well, Randy, that's a fascinating question. And I think it's something that's really evolved over the last two years. My third book I wrote is called Everyday Mindfulness, From Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. And in the opening stanza of that book, I say we live in a world of bigger, better, faster, and more. A world as it is that is unsustainable. And I think that is actually one of the gifts of the pandemic is if you look at it as a gift, it gave us the opportunity to get off the treadmill, that race consciousness, that societal pressure to be more, do more, have more, to pause and reset and say, does life have to be this way? Can I create a life that I love and love the life that I live uh, and still have the, the, the amount of personal, professional, financial health success as I define it for myself? So, Holly, I love, I love what you're doing. I think it's you know um, a wonderful thing to take all your knowledge and skills from from corporate and then pour it into making, you know, helping people have better lives and better, better careers. The words you're using are words that I've heard before. So I want to kind of dive a level deeper. So the, honestly, way back when you were a kid, what, what made you different? Were you the kid over in the corner with cat eye glasses? You were bopping around to a different kind of music. What, what was, what was different about you way back? Oh, well, that, that, uh, that's probably a better question for my mother than than for, than for me. Um, you know, I I, I think that I was um, I, have a, I have a younger brother, the the, the first born. I, I have sort of an achiever thing, always a desire to to learn more and be more and do more. And I knew from a very very young age that I was wanted to be a teacher, but I also was clear that I didn't want to be a teacher in a classroom. What I, I don't often tell, but I'll, but I'll share with your listeners today, is I grew up in a trailer park. Uh, I, I say double wide trailer park with all rights, responsibilities, and privileges therein. And I, I, I think that makes me uh, different and uh, build some authentic color into why I teach what I teach and how I teach it. Oftentimes people see a, a self-help guru or a teacher or a consultant or a coach on a stage and they think, oh, they've always had you know, a silver spoon and everything's always been handed to them. And um, I had, I didn't have that, that opportunity. I mean, I had amazing parents, but first generation high school graduate, first generation college graduate, and obviously first to found my own company, first to write, write award-winning and best-selling books, first in my family to write for the New York Times. 
And I, and I, I share that story because I think it, it can be inspiring for those who choose to say, wherever I am, where I start is not where I'm going to end. And that's a little bit about why I'm passionate about people and presence, because my ability to be present in each experience while visioning the next thing and creating that team around me to grow from has been a huge part in catapulting my business success. So I like the presence idea. So how did how did presence come into your child? So I, I know a ton of people who have grown up in sort of double wide. I, you know, spent a, a bunch of my life in Oklahoma and Louisiana and even even the great, you know, JJ Kale, one of my favorite singers, he that's he lived most of his life in a double wide. So there's a there's an element of, you know, in country music and so on, there's a pride to that. What pieces of that, the presence of that, the the humility of that, yeah, the humble nature of your surroundings. What what have you taken of that, and how does that apply to the mindfulness and presence of, of your current work? Whoa, I'm going to have to listen to this interview back on my own because I love it when everybody, you know, when we get to teach each other, and there's so much richness in what you just said there, there Kent. That I love the work of of Brene Brown, and she has a line she uses a lot. The story I'm telling myself is because we are human storytellers we're human sense makers we're always trying to make sense of everything and uh, for for me that sense of presence comes from being fully present in this moment in a world of 24 7 often it's hard to do that so i think my sense of presence was really instilled in me in a young age by being fully in the learning process. Um, believe it or not, I was a meteorology major, weather forecasting, uh, worked at the local local news station, but you know, didn't end up pursuing that career simply because we didn't have the financial resources to do that. But then again, that, that bounce, that presence, okay, I, th- this, is an o- this door isn't opening, but this door is, and that's a key thing uh, in life today. Well, a lot of us feel like our, our, our glass houses, our towers, whatever we've been building has fallen down. My my new keynote is called Rebuild, Tools for Turbulent Times. And we really have to become present, accept what is, forgive what is not, and get on to the knowing of what we what we want to create. And I think those skills I kind of go under this bucket of mindfulness that allow us to be more present. And the more we, we can't we can't give from an empty cup, the more we can fill our own cup of life and experience the more we can then share that that with others so i'll just ask one more song uh, song yeah actually yes i'll just ask one more question about a song because i'm i just i'm feeling this spot with you as a kid in a really you know friendly trailer park i don't know if it was or not with your folks who are super nice people and your older brother who was a pest sometimes but maybe you had a protective element what kind of music did you listen to Oh, that's always so funny. One of my, you know, my second or third car was a Subaru WRX. And the, the guys at the Subaru dealership used to always laugh because I would pull in with my country music. And they would say, you're the only girl that drives a WRX and listens to country. Uh, but I'm still a big fan of, of country music today. And uh, I'm living in Denver, Colorado. It, it fits in here a little bit more. But they still might laugh at me when I pull up now in my Mercedes uh, with the license plate mindful one of my country music. But I think that's, that's part of life, too, is being able to just be who you are full out. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I've been listening to everything you've had to say, Holly, and I'm a little bit uncertain about why 
so many people today need to find folks like yourself so that they can become more mindful. And again, I want to go back to what has society done to us. I don't think it's just the speed of life because we've been very good at keeping up with that. So why are people struggling with this concept of mindfulness or being in the present or my cynical brain is telling me that this is an excuse or uh yeah excuse is probably the best word i can think of right now um an excuse for not moving forward with society an excuse for trying to justify being stuck and maybe maybe that's what's happening people are getting stuck and they need mindfulness to get out of being stuck i'm, I'm just struggling pulling all this together well, I wish your listeners could see the look on Randy's face. Randy, you have this this great look about yourself like, hmm, I, I'm not sure how to go with this. And I absolutely honor that and admire that because my a client that comes to me is usually in one of two camps. Either they're like, totally get it, rah, rah, let's you know sign on the dotted line and let's go. And then there, there's someone like yourself who's maybe been introduced to the concept by somebody else and and, and you're, you're skeptical. And, I, and I, I think that's a really healthy place to be because this word does get wrapped up in a lot of, of interesting. And I think it's important for people like yourself to, first of all, acknowledge and be grateful for that skepticism, because it gives, gives us all the chance to learn and communicate. And I'm not here to convert anybody. Um, we're all going to, we're all going to make our, our own choices. But I think that what you said there about, well, we've all been good about keeping up, I would actually ask you the question back and say, have we really been keeping up with the good at the pace of life today? One of my very first dear friends and cheerleaders in my business was a man named Nate Ellis. Um, he took on so much life pressure that um, ultimately he ended up with a life-threatening disease and passed away at 39 years old. Four weeks ago to this day, um, I, my one of my dear friends, Elizabeth Glowey, senior meeting planning and hospitality tourism executive, passed away from metastasized breast cancer. Mm. And, you know, the more we talk about life, it's the, you know, these high stress, high producing jobs are costing our human life experiences. And those two extreme cases, um, you know, they've crossed the rainbow bridge, but so many of my clients come to me because they're burnout, stressed, overwhelmed, and they're experiencing it in their body. They might be experiencing their finances. Many of them are divorced or going through divorce. And they're starting to ask that question, is this the highest and best for me? So I would explore the concept of mindfulness if, if you're a little skeptical, it might be because you've had experiences of it in a spiritual or, or religious connotation. That used to be true. Just like the word Amazon used to be a place in the jungle, mindfulness too is transformed. Now it's really a neuroscience-based and secular series of practices that just invite you to be in the moment. They can be done in 30 seconds to, you know, as long as you want to do it, but it just invites you to your highest and best self. And the more you practice it, just like you, you don't brush your teeth just once um, and expect to have amazing teeth for your whole life, the more you practice them, the more you start to see that those skills build and build and build, and you're able to release the stress and overwhelm, be centered, have that sense of executive presence like Kent and I were talking about, and create and deliver a powerful personal brand, personal presence, and whatever product or service you're offering into the world in a more helpful way. So perhaps my question was not well phrased. Let me try again. Uh, why do people not know how to do that these days? 
Because there's no training on it. I, nobody trained me. I was able to do it. So I'm asking why do people not have that natural capacity? I don't think people have that natural capacity because the society is pushing us to, to be faster. And so we're, we need, did you ever take a class on breathing? Did you ever take a class on presence? Did you, we're, we're, we, did all, we don't even take a classes on financial planning nowadays. So this is a kind of a, a return to that positive mindset. If you don't have your degree in psychology, you probably didn't have classes on how to keep your mindset set positive. So well, I have seven practices that, that for me fit under this, this idea of mindfulness practices, visioning, meditations, affirmations, gratitude, mindful use of technology. And most people don't actually take the time to learn these skills and then infuse them into your day. I don't know why, but my, um, we, we like to keep these interviews short. So I, uh, I love where we've gone with things. And I, I, I have this uh, Zach Brown lyric stuck in my head, which is, um, and pardon my somewhat French, but it, well, it's a Zach Brown song, so it's okay. But it's, well, how does it go? I've got my is it toes in the water, ass in the sand, and um, life is good today, right? Not, so, not a worry in the world, yep. Exactly. But at the end of the song, he's back home again. I got my... Uh, ass in a lawn chair toes in the clay right uh where it's like you know you're back home again where it's the calmest where it's the sweetest so i guess my last question for you is if you could go back to that double wide park where you grew up with your your lovely parents and with the the calm of that space what was the gift of that space to you uh, and how is that still present in your life so that's part of it the other part is where can people go find you online and who are you looking for? Well, we will have to do uh, do another another show for sure. You know, I think we have to be careful to to think about what what assumptions that that we're that we're making in terms of because she grew up here she was this or because he grew up here he was he was this and that's a key thing and again mindfulness. What's the story you're telling yourself? And so, you know, what that you know, the, the things that I that I learned growing up was, of course, you know, resilience and love and, you know, the simple, simpler things in life. And to, to find out more about that or, or, or be a part of that, I mean, my book's a great tool or resource. I have free resources. There's a whole thing called the Mindfulness Mini Poster. They're um, at hollyduckworth.com, just holly, H-O-L-L-Y, D-U-C-K, W-O-R-T-H, Dot com. You can learn more about my coaching and any of my keynote programs there as well. But it's it's always a joy to start thinking about how do, how do you want to design your life in a way that your work supports you and you support your work simultaneously. Your your electricity is contagious. We appreciate you talking with us. I feel very blue in a good way. Blue gets a bad rap. Uh, but but thanks so much for spending some time with us and and yeah going back and forth like this it's been a blast you're welcome make it a great day yeah thank you holly thank you very much well thank you for that holly really enjoyed listening to you um loved hearing a little bit about the, the trailer park and your parents and the impact that's had on on your own journey of mindfulness and yeah thank you very much for being on our show what i would say holly is the remarkable thing about your story 
is at the very beginning, you have such beautiful statements about your business and what you do and what you offer people. But it, a lot of it, like as I was saying in the interview, a lot of it is are things I've heard before. What I haven't heard before, and we were really getting at towards the end, is what I haven't heard much of before is the way you tie presence to interacting with people around you you know what the beautiful moments of your life are you present are you thinking about it are you there so that's why we were focusing in on that that wonderful childhood description that you gave us i'd love to see more of your language that you put around your business really just dive into that and for our listeners you know i mean we'll never get brand perfect right that's the whole idea is you, you keep you keep building and keep working on it. You polish it. Every year will be different. So as I think about mindfulness, I realize that where a lot of business people fall down is that they're not sufficiently mindful of their reputation. And we would love you to go to Thought Partner Group and do a quick assessment. We've got a free assessment on that thoughtpartnergroup.com website. Do the free assessment that will help you to think about your reputation and how mindful you need to be about it. Speaking of mindfulness, we go a little crazy sometimes and we got something really crazy coming down the road towards you. Put a crazy and an MBA together and a .com, you might get something really interesting. So yeah, keep your eyes open for that and maybe you want to go on a treasure hunt and see if you can find out what it's all about. Or keep your eyes closed and imagine it in your mind's eye. Sounds good. Talk to you again soon.